Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives, inspiring Christ followers to join Jesus in his mission in their everyday lives. Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives. My name is Michael Brewer, and this is my good friend, John Whaley. Good to see you today, John. Man, it is so good to see you as well. And man, I'm looking forward to kicking off a new series. Yes, this is going to be exciting. Uh, it is. Some wonderful people to meet uh, in this series. And uh, I hope everybody will remember that these are all archived so you can go back and watch them over again and again. I, I have some favorites. I'm sure you do, too. I like to go back and pull up and go, I want to take some more notes. And man, some of those become, some of those become reruns. <laughs> yes. Yes. Girls are so good. We just said we have to show this again. Got to do it again. Got to do it again. And um, of course, our goal each week is to inspire you, to encourage you to join Jesus in his mission in your everyday life. And we use uh, guests that we interview and reports of things that's happening across the nation and where God's moving and what he's, what he's doing. So today, as John said, we're introducing a new series to everybody. So John, give us this introduction and tell them who our guest is today. Amen. Well, today we're beginning a four-week series called Joining Jesus with Life Action. Life Action is a 52-year-old ministry that God has used in over a thousand churches, really closer to almost 2,000 churches now, um, to ignite Christ centered movements of revival among God's people that display his glory and advance his kingdom. And, and I love their, their mission. Their mission is to help Christians by inspiring them in their next yes to God. Yes. To and, God. and it's just a powerful ministry that God has used to transform so many churches and so many lives over the last 52 years. Well, today we begin our series with a conversation I had recently with their CEO, Dan, Donnie, um, Donnie Vanker. Donnie has served on staff in several churches as a student minister and an associate pastor, beginning his career in finance and commercial construction, both in the service industry and as an entrepreneur. He's a man of God who loves the Lord and has a passion to see the church have a fresh encounter with God and experience genuine revival. And so we encourage you to um, take some notes. Um, Donnie shares some great principles as we talk about life action, but even Donnie's life story is just an yeah. amazing yeah. story and how God has um, moved in his life and the life of his family. And so we got some exciting takeaways after the interview to share with you. So sit back and enjoy this conversation I recently had with Donnie Vanker. Donnie, it's great to have you with me today on Rooftop Perspectives. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to have a conversation. Thank you, John. Yep, it's always a pleasure being with you. Well, it was great. We were just together um, as we're recording this. I mean, it's just been a matter of weeks since we were together person to person, face to face at Seek Week for Life Action, which was an amazing week. But um, as part of this series we're doing called Joining Jesus with Life Action, I definitely wanted to make sure you were a part of that series um, as, as still kind of the new CEO, um, even though now you've been there for a couple of years. And yeah. um, so you started actually when? 2020? So, 
So I started, uh, yeah, technically in my role uh, in October of 2020. So in the state of Michigan, things were still very, very shut down uh, because yeah. of COVID. We moved here uh, a few months prior to that. And uh, yeah, very interesting time uh, for the whole world, and especially to come into a ministry that was really a legacy ministry. I mean, Life Action has had uh, impact uh, around North America for, for, it was almost 50 years at that time. It's been 52 years now. Uh, so it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible, uh, challenging time, but exciting time. A lot of opportunity to be able to make shifts that were necessary so we could advance the mission. Yeah, I remember the first day I met you, John introduced me to you and you were actually physically moving into your office. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, it was, you were still getting things set up, moving boxes around. And that's yeah, how we yeah. that's how we first met. Well, before we dive into life action, um, tell us a little bit about Donnie, your journey to Christ, your family. Sure. Um, your life before life action and then how you became a part of this incredible movement. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I've been married to my wonderful wife, Christy, for 22 years, and we have uh, four kids. Uh, Ty is uh, 20, uh, going on 21. Rustin is um, is almost uh, 19 here. I've got Hudson, who's 17. And Bailey, our little girl, is not so little anymore. She's a sophomore in high school, uh, and she just turned 15. Uh, wow. We've, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been quite the ride um, uh, and just, just wonderful. So many things to be thankful for. We've lived in different parts of the country. We were down in South Florida for five years. We were in Seattle for four years. Um, a, bu a bunch of our time was in Michigan uh, over in the Southeast side. Now we're, we're in the Southwest side. And I think we're probably Midwestern at heart uh, as, as people, my, my wife grew up in the Western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I grew up um, in the Metro Detroit area. And uh, and we're we're enjoying it. I, I actually grew up in a, an environment. My folks were first generation Christians. They got saved uh, mm. really when they were in college and then got married. And so I was I was raised by a bunch of rookies who uh, just read everything they could they could think of. And I, I really grew up in the church, um, you know, at a very young age, actually just came to a saving faith in in uh, in Jesus, you know, believe that he was the savior of the world, that he was God that came in flesh and died for my sins and, and that I needed him. Uh, you know, I always had a, a pretty strong sense of, of right and wrong. I was pretty black and white until I get older and I realized life is, is complex. Yeah, it um, is. You know, it's, I, I, yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, but I, you know, I grew up in a, in a pretty, um, in an environment really a lot of my life was kind of like on a silver platter. So I was, you know, Christian schools. I'm just in church all of the time. Um, really uh in high school um really just committed a lot of my life to studying uh scriptures and just poured into that i felt the calling to to go into vocational ministry wanted to be a wanted to be a pastor so when i went to college i was i was very involved that's where i met uh, christy uh, when i was at wheaton and uh, i was just very involved uh, not only in the in the school but also uh, with the with the local church and uh, and doing some on-campus uh, high school ministries, FCA, and things like that. Always looking to go to seminary and kind of go that that track. Uh, the Lord had some other developmental work that He intended to do uh, in my life uh, before mm -hmm. before that. So um, I was registered for classes at a seminary, and um, my life started to the the plate started to go like this. <laughs> um, uh, and so b before we got married, actually ended up going into the financial world just for a little bit. Had some opportunities uh, there but did not feel that that was really what the Lord was calling me to long-term. 
Um, when I got married to Christy, we moved, my, my dad needed some help with his business. He was in the commercial construction um, uh, industry. So did that for a little bit, started our own commercial construction business. Um, however, all of the time we were looking at going into full-time ministry. So we had gone over to the Czech Republic a couple of times, looking at working with the mission agency over there. And the Lord just, he just kept shutting doors. It's actually a very frustrating time for me. Um, I, I, I needed, I needed, um, I needed, I needed failure. Uh, you know, just, I experienced, experienced a lot of success early on in life and that's just really not how people grow or develop. And so the, the Lord, yeah. he, he brought a lot of it all, all in at once. Uh, our third son, when he was, uh, before he was born, um, you know, we had a young family, uh, just started, you know, pretty, pretty early. Uh, there's a lot of complications. They never expected him to live. And Christy actually got stuck in a hospital in Chicago. Um, and before Hudson was born. Yeah. So she was there for six and a half weeks and, and, uh, he was born with no functioning kidneys, um, Mm. was, his lungs were completely undeveloped. I mean, they said he'll he'll never be able to take a breath. And it was, I I don't know that I'd say it was a crisis of faith, but it was certainly the first time when it was, it was definitely tested even during that time. Um, I was going back and forth, uh, Michigan to Chicago and there's, we had a couple salesmen that, uh, left and took uh, about half a million dollars of contracts, uh, you know, with them. And so I, wow. I ended up with major, major business complications at the time of our family was, was undergoing a lot of these challenges. And um, yeah, so God just needed to put me in a vice and squeeze, squeeze a lot of things out of me. And when any of us get squeezed, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not always a pretty sight, but I'm very thankful for it. My son, he ended up uh, living, but barely. So he was on dialysis from day five of life. We had to close the business down. And I, I really, I just, for months, I just did not know what to do. and was just begging God for, uh, for direction. He was at, at home, uh, was on manual dialysis about 12 or 13 hours a day. He was so small at the time, the machines that they had really didn't, that you could put him in overnight, just didn't work. So we had to do everything by hand and measure it all out. Very, very, very challenging. And, uh, uh, anyways, the Lord, um, series of, of, of pretty miraculous, incredible inv- events, uh, called us out to, uh, to be a student ministries pastor at a church out in Seattle. So that, that was my entrance actually into ministry was not the path that I had, had thought. And so we worked for a church out there for four years and then back for, uh, an, another church in Southeast Michigan for another three. And the Lord really just, um, closed the, the, the door and my heart for vocational ministry. It, it wasn't, I love the church, love Jesus. It was just like a light switch overnight one day. And, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, you know, my son, uh, Hudson, um, whose lungs were doing great. He had his first transplant when he was two and a half and was, uh, was starting to, starting to get out of all of the challenges of medical life. He also had cerebral palsy, so he didn't crawl till he was two and then didn't walk mm-hmm. till he was four and a half. A um, lot of challenges there. The sweetest kid you'll ever meet. And, uh, uh, and so we, we met a guy who is really one of the world's foremost experts on the neurological side of physiology. Uh, his name is Mike Barwis. And uh, Mike works with tons and tons, literally thousands of pro-Olympic athletes and, and different pro teams, but also is doing a lot of work with folks with disabilities. So spinal cord injuries, cerebral palsy, uh, stroke victims, TBIs. And he comes, you know, we, we were introduced to him and literally the first day that we met Mike was the last day Hudson ever wore braces uh, again. And he created some training protocols for him and That's started to be able to, yeah, just get all, all kinds of, of freedom 
and uh, I ended up working for Mike uh, for seven years. I was the the chief of staff and chief operating officer. And there's a whole conglomerate, you know, a couple dozen different uh, companies that we had. So I went out of pastoral ministry into that. Uh, we moved our headquarters down to, to South Florida for a while. Uh, and then the Lord started to started to uh, pull pull my heart back a little bit. So we were just attending church down there and just, um, I mean, I was an usher picking up trash bags and, and, you know, doing nothing special, uh, but just, you know, trying to, trying to serve. And, uh, some families in the church had asked, uh, had asked me if I would just start a, a Bible study at home and, um, really wasn't interested in doing that, very interested in being a part of it, not interested in, in leading that, but they, they, they were persistent about it. And Christy just, and I prayed together. And, uh, as we started to, to do that, it was, um, it was just starting to reignite some things in our heart that had been dormant for a while. So we were open to seeing what the Lord might have. And um, through a process of, of other family and friends moving back to the Chicagoland area and just being willing to consider what the Lord might have, uh, we got connected with Life Action. And then my original connection with Life Action is that my uh, my mother and father-in-law were the camp directors there back in like 1981 and 82. Oh, wow. And yeah. So so they they were uh, – so Life Action actually had a, a very significant impact on their life. They ended up going into the financial world and then into pastoral ministry. So they were at the church where I met Christy. So a big full circle moment, you know, when we came up here and visited Life Action and just saw, man, the, the, the mission of Life Action, what they've done uh, in, in churches and the, just the values and the culture, it just checked just about every box for us. And when I looked at what they, what they needed from a leadership standpoint and looked at the things that the Lord had developed in my life and career, felt like I checked a lot of those boxes as well. So, so they thought I was the guy and, and we thought the Lord was leading us here. And so, so here we are. Amen. It's great. Yeah. It's a great yeah. journey. What a great, great journey. journey. Yeah. And I love what you said about the fact that God has to take us through our failures and the vice Oof. to get everything out of us so he can put us where he wants us. That's right. And, That's right. And you look back on it and you say, God, thank you for those, those difficulties because I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't have been for then. There's no question. You know, you know, I, I would not, want to go through those again uh never there's, there's still trying times there's still things we have to deal with I, I i wouldn't necessarily even wish them on other people and especially especially i wish that the lord uh didn't use those kinds of difficulties uh within our our family um you know so there's a lot that and it's not just for 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 me and for my wife and i look at, at our other kids as well we've all had to just come to that point of of surrender um you know with hudson and with other other uh, things in life, you know, my, my older two were, uh, they were in the local public high school down in, in Florida and where they're at, there's 3000 kids in the high school and couldn't count on one hand, the number of other kids who, who love Jesus. Uh, and wow. so they, yeah, but they're, um, uh, that is how we grow is, is. is through challenge. And so, yes, I, I agree. I'm very thankful for it. And I just want to learn from it though. What I don't want to do is go through it again. And I don't want to waste those things that God puts yeah. in our, in our life. I agree. Yeah. yeah. We want to learn the first time. So we don't have to do That's it. Right. We don't want to do That's a repeat. Right. We want to no. learn it all the first time. That's right. So well, let, let's talk about, let's talk about life action. And, you know, we all know that saying uh, every ministry focuses on keeping the main thing, the main thing. So we talk sure. about life action. How would you define the main thing? What is life yeah. action about? So 
essentially what life action is about is helping churches to to get healthy and thrive that's really what we do you'll hear life action talk a lot about revival that word mm -hmm. itself means life back or life again and so how can the church fully experience the life of christ you know in every church so we do a lot of work with with local churches so over seven thousand churches uh, in north america we've been to in the last 52 years and and wow. when i talk about being there it's multi-day you know consecutive hours consecutive days and you know, we've got four-day events but primarily we do eight 11 15-day uh, events so big extended times uh, life-changing times when we would come in there and in many ways we are like the, the the prophets and the evangelists for the church a lot of churches they've got pastors and teachers but they're missing those outside voices yeah. the outside voice to to come in you know prophecy we're talking uh exhortation encouragement consolation you know a lot of what you see you know paul talking about the new testament we're trying to deal with the heart and help help people maybe return to their first love because they've they've lost that um or deal with with areas of 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 sin in their life or just it, places where their heart has grown cold and we connect people with with jesus that's really what we do we we host experiences um for them to encounter jesus and so we do those for churches we do a ton of work with families and relationships as we know you know you get this right and it's a lot easier to 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 get these relationships right exactly um, you know but but this this is where the rubber meets the road is it's not just receiving forgiveness from God and his grace. How do we, how do we give that forgiveness uh, and deal with, with, with bitterness and hurt and anger? You know, life action has always been very, very practical uh, for people and in their, and in their lives, but we do a ton of work with pastors and, and Christian leaders as well. So even we go to these, the churches and the churches would, would shut down and they'd have these kinds of events, but we'd spend hours and hours with the pastors and, the, and their staff caring for them. Uh, eventually, Life Action also uh, got a camp here. This is our headquarters. We've got a couple hundred acres here in Southwest Michigan, and we do family camps here. So rather than us going to you, sometimes you would come to us, and we do different types of uh, conferences and, and retreats. We do a lot of pastoral care as well. Now we're expanding into missionary care as well. You'll you'll hear us talk about revival, vitality, and mission. Um, so it's experience that life of Christ again. Do it in a in a healthy, sustainable way. How can you keep the fire going, and to what end? So that so that Christ's kingdom can expand, uh, you know, throughout this this yeah. globe. It's it's you know, revival is not a means to an end, uh, or it, excuse me, it is a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And the end in itself is that we can see a thriving body of Christ uh, that is advancing the the kingdom of God. So put yeah. your life into action. That's what we help people do. That's so good. That's so good. And I know your tagline when you go to the website is, and I, and I love the tagline, inspiring movements of authentic Christianity. Right. So, so right. when you hear that, when you hear that phrase, I mean, um, so how, how is that accomplished? I think you've answered that somewhat, some of the things you just said. But when you think about authentic Christianity, let's talk about that for a moment, because I think that I think that that choice of words is so critical when when they came up with that tagline, you know, inspiring movements of authentic Christianity. So what is authentic Christianity? Yeah, that that is a great question. Um, and in many ways, I would I would say that it is the way of of living that that Christ um, was calling people to. And in fact, it wasn't even Christ. It was originally with with John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, I think it's Matthew 21, says that he says, and John came to you in the way of righteousness. 
So there yeah. was a way of living and the church was, was called, you know, even in some of its early days, the, the way of life. What's amazing about John, you know, we look at our ministry very similar to, to that. So John is a guy that he would have been a, an insider. He would have been a priest according to Levitical law. Right. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? And, yeah. and yet he, he, he kind of went on and then he, but he kind of went on the fringes. So he, 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 he was trained in that way, but he was a bit on, on the edges he wasn't planting new synagogues, but he was teaching people about the, the good news. So he was an evangelist, you know, t- t- telling them the good news of the gospel of the of the kingdom of God. He was calling them to repent, um, mm-hmm. just meaning, hey, turn. There's there's a different there's a different direction. You know, John's ministry he had public confession of sin. People are getting baptized, meaning they're identifying with his message and his messaging. He had, John had a full leadership development program. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we even know from Acts one when Peter was talking about replacing Judas, and one of his qualifications was he says, "And they have been with us from the beginning, from the baptism mm-hmm. of John." So we've got a couple of stories of those guys, but really all of them were being influenced by John's ministry. He was just pointing people to Jesus, and when John came uh, at that time, he was uh, he was dealing with four hundred years of commentary, right? So you know, from the from the end of Malachi to Matthew, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of intertestamental writings, you know, pseudepigraphal writings. There's a lot that was still going on in the, the collection of a lot of these commentaries in the Mishnah and the Talmud. And that's where you get the, the Pharisaical traditions and these traditions of man. And he's trying to call people out of that into what God really wanted them and what really God wanted for them, not, not so much from them. And, and what, was, what was interesting is that you see in Luke, you know, the crowds were responding and they asked John, they, they go, what do we do? You know, how do we, how do, how do we, how do we live? How do we put these things into action into our life? And so that's, that's, that's really what we do is we go around and there's a lot of different churches. They've got, um, you know, these, these local gatherings of the body of Christ, there's different strengths and and weaknesses, different things that they need to work on. Um, And our job is just to come alongside of them and help call them back to, to, to God's way of living. And that's going to look different in different communities. Uh, but just just as as we connect them to Jesus and, and we give them time and space to engage with Him, um, uh, you know, sitting under 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 the Word of God. I mean, that's the the, the core and source of of our teaching, um, and we're really giving practical application of the gospel message of the good news. Uh, it's amazing what what God actually does in people's lives and hearts. It is because I know I've set set through. I've been at several different life action events, from refresh conferences to even the entire eight day, eleven day summits, and yeah. and and I see that tagline lived out throughout the whole week because you, you're basically just calling people back to the basics, That's what right. it means to follow Christ, and get rid of all the religious stuff, and let's just look at what does it mean to authentically live for Jesus day in and day out, and, and how do we how do we do that? And um, it's it's just and it is the word inspiring is is the great word because it is it inspires the church to say, man, let's get back to where God's called us to be. This is what follow Jesus looks like. This That's is what right. it looks like. And and I and I really I really love that. Well, I know right now we're in the middle of um, launching this this partnership. The rooftop and life action. And that's one of the reasons we were at Seek Week this this year with all of you. And as you think about this, this new partnership that's developing, and now we're going to be rolling out this new summit called Say Yes um, in 2024. Um, what excites you the most about this this new partnership that we're developing? 
you know, I, I, I really do love the rooftop ministries. Um, and I love the, the, the original inspiration behind it where, uh, you've got, you've got Peter that's up on the rooftop and encounters God and, and gets a different vision for, um, for God's intention for his kingdom and for, and for people. And so inspires that heart. You know, it's funny. I was reading in Luke the other day and thought of you guys, because there's another story of people on a rooftop who do anything they can to get their friend to Jesus. Yeah. They literally pull apart the rooftop because you know, they're trying to remove any barrier so that people can encounter Jesus as he is, you know, not, not through anybody else directly to him. And actually I, 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 I for me, that, that resonates with, with, with your mission. And I, I really view rooftop uh, ministries as kind of a specialist in this area, helping, helping the church to be able to more fully realize what, how to put their life into action in terms of advancing the kingdom, not just with, with what we do, but also mm-hmm. who, with, with whom are we advancing uh, the kingdom of God and just having a heart for, for people you know, the church, we're not, we're not great at that as a, as a whole in, in Western Christianity, you know, we're very, we're very insulated. We're very self-focused. And if all that life action is doing is really encouraging and inspiring people to love God and to say yes to him, but they're not really saying yes to his mission, the, it, we're kind of wasting our time. And, and that's, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I've heard Dennis say, like, like you cannot say yes to God and not say yes to his mission. And his mission was um, a variety of things. One of them in particular was to seek and to save the lost. And he does that, you know, through direct encounter. So for us that, to be able to, to, to work with uh, and partner with, with Rooftop on some of these events, you know, we, we help create the context for people to engage with God. Um, you know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So that's how we can yeah. be. It's one of the ways we can be close to God. So set aside your calendar, put aside everything else, take the time to put your hearts close to him. And that's what we do with these types of events that we have. Um, God is near the brokenhearted. So again, for people to be near to God, some of, of, of what we're doing, we're, we're calling people to be honest with themselves uh, and to be humble. But you don't have to be afraid. You can come to God as you are, not as you ought to be. You yeah. can be lowly and, and, and broken. You know that God will meet you there. But our messaging is designed to help people get to that point because God is near the brokenhearted. And we do it even when we're traveling and we've got the road teams and the Lord uh, is enthroned. He's, he inhabits the praises of his people. That's part of, mm-hmm. part of our context. We create this context where, where there's every opportunity for people to be close to God and then be able to hear from, from him. And that's part of what we love with Rooftop is you then help take that even just the next step is what is God calling you to do outside of these four walls in your communities, you know, in your homes of how you can actually functionally reach people uh, with the love of Christ. So that's, yeah. that's, I'm just, you guys are specialists. We, we, we'll help set the stage and, and you guys can come and help. Uh, help take it home in those in those areas. Yeah. So, and I'm excited. And even though you know we're launching the first summit in 2024, uh, as we're recording this, I'm getting ready to join the blue team in Indiana in like two weeks, where I'm going to take two nights um, just to talk to that church about what does it look like to join Jesus beyond the walls of this building. It's awesome. And, and so we're already getting the partnership. Um, Steve Steve had asked me said, Hey, would you come and and just for two nights? Um, we want to give you some time just to talk to the church about next steps. What does it look like? And so, yeah, so it's already started and I'm excited to see what God's going to do. 
Um, well, as you know, kind of to wrap up the conversation as you are, um, I know that there's a lot of transitions taking place um, at Life Action. And so as you look toward the future, where do you see God leading Life Action? Um, a variety of different places. Um, you know, we've, we've worked really hard in the last couple of years. In 52 years, we've only had three CEOs. And I'm, I'm, and I'm number three. So, you know, there's a lot of legacy yes. and incredibly impactful ministry that that's taken place. And so as we've been restructuring and reorganizing the whole world, again, with COVID, the church has changed. The needs of the church has changed. Our culture has changed. How can we maintain biblical relevancy? Mm. You know, all of these things are forcing us to be really strategic. And with Life Action Ministries, we've done like everything we can to capture so much of the good and all the historic DNA and then reframe and restructure those things for, for maximum impact going forward. Um, we, we are, we're like not only doubling down, we're like tripling down on all of our leader care uh, programming. So again, we've done a lot of that in, in the churches that we go to, we've done a lot of that with different retreats that we've had. We've actually done a lot for future leadership development. You know, we've got these apprenticeship programs. Where we've got young adults traveling with us on our road teams to all these churches around the country. Uh, we've been doing that for decades. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. And we've seeded a lot of, of church ministries with people that have been developed through the, the service opportunities that we provided for them. Uh, but we're actually now also expanding, not just from, for domestic care, but we're doing a lot more as well for Life Action International. Uh, doing a lot of work with with missionaries, uh, different mission agencies. That the challenges that domestic pastors are facing, they're very very similar uh, to to what a lot of missionaries are. And even as we care for them, using a lot of our facilities and our programming here, and they go out, that also uh, opens up opera door, opens up other doors for us to to take our teams and then go meet them where they're at to go service them for their churches. So. Looking at a lot of expansion uh, in the next few years, uh, there's a, a ton of different partnerships that we've been lining up for ministries that are really like-minded. There's a lot of synergy uh, that are there, you know, areas where maybe we're not so good at, like with, with Rooftop, but you guys are specialists that we can work with you and, and just create those synergies. So we've, we've got a world-class leadership uh, team, and we've been retooling for the future, and we... Um, yeah, and so a, a lot of a lot of a lot of the the growth that we're expecting is just an expansion of what we've been doing, just continuing to unpack those opportunities. And I'm really excited about the soul care that y'all that y'all are beginning to do with pastors and missionaries because, yeah. as you said, post COVID, I mean, you know, there were so many pastors who left the ministry completely because they said, yeah. "I just I can't handle this." Yeah. Um, and, and we're just burned out. And they, they said, emotionally, I'm falling apart and I have to. And, and I love that whole vision that God's given you now to come alongside pastors and their wives and the, alongside missionaries around yeah. the world to really provide that soul care that is so desperately needed in the life of the church today. Because I and I think you would agree with me on this, that I think we're in a time this is the most difficult time to be a pastor. Um, it, it, in in the Western context, it most certainly yeah. is. You know, the, yeah. the the pr the pressures and the, the expectations on you are just ridiculous. I, I learned this with with Hudson. So he's actually had two kidney transplants. Mm -hmm. The kidney uh, in in Eastern thought was actually the seat of the soul. Yeah. And um, and what's what's interesting is um, it's it's part of the body that regulates all of your electrolytes. Mm -hmm. You know, your sodium, sodium bicarbonate, potassium, all these things. And here's why that's important is because uh, most of the time when people die from heart failure as they get older, it's not because the heart is shutting down. 
you, you, or it's not because of a heart mechanical problem. And, and if the heart stops, you could take out paddles and, and revive it all day long. But if it's dying because the kidney isn't working right, it's not regulating the potassium. Too much potassium will stop the heart. Sure. You, so you can't just you cannot just revive it without looking at the other vital organs as well. It doesn't work. And so the, the soul care, so the revival, vitality and mission, how do you mm -hmm. keep that fire burning? You know, and what are the, the, the areas of your life and in your, of your soul that you have to attend to so that you can have this life full of the life of Christ and go on mission? You, you have to have all three things, just like a fire needs a fire. It needs a spark and it needs oxygen and it needs fuel uh, for a Christian to really be effective in building God's kingdom. You need revival, you need vitality, and you need mission. So Amen. all three. Well, I'm excited about these days ahead. Looking forward to the partnership. Looking forward to seeing all that God leads life action into in the days ahead under your leadership. And I know God's given you an incredible vision and and you do have an incredible team. I mean, just got some yeah, incredible right. leaders, you know, just spending time with some of the leadership while I was there a few weeks ago and just some incredible leaders that God has, has raised up to be a part of life action over the years. So, so thank you for the time, Donnie. Thank to, you, John this conversation today. And man, I look forward to um, us reconnecting soon, brother. Yes. Likewise. All right. God. Well, like you said, his life story, uh, there's takeaways in that. I, I'd start with this. Uh, and he, he said it several different ways, different times. God's developmental plan for us doesn't necessarily look like what we expect or even what we want. Amen. <laughs> God often uses failure to develop us. And to, I think he used the phrase, God squeezed this out yeah. of me to get any, everything out of us so he can use us where he desires, how he desires. Uh, and this is what leads us to that place of surrender, surrender mm -hmm. of self, surrender of family, surrender of our situation, surrender of work. You name it. The song says it well. All to Jesus I surrender. And until we surrender all, he, he can't fully use us. And, uh, but, but I love that picture because I can see times in my life in ministry and in places God put me in before it was over with. I'm going, now you put me here because <laughs> you put me here. Why? And sometimes it takes looking back after you've gone through something and walk through it and come out the other side to go back and see how that fits into the bigger picture of what God's doing. Amen. And because uh, I don't think he ever stops. It, it doesn't stop at, at retirement age. It doesn't stop at when you, when you start to getting social security, he's not through developing us until we quit or he actually finished using us. And he'll continue. It doesn't make any difference how old you are, how long you've been doing what you've been doing. God has so much more to teach us, to show us, and to develop in us. It, it never ends. That's right. It never ends. And 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 you know, and he even talked about those are those experiences that you you, you don't want to relive. Yeah. But yet you're so grateful for all that you learned through the experience because you'd have never have learned so many of those principles and lessons if God hadn't taken you through the squeeze and yeah. really and really worked in your life. Um, 
and then we started talking about revival in churches. And one of the things he said, and, and I love, you'll hear life action use these three terms quite often, that churches need to experience revival, vitality, and mission in order to be whole in Christ. And so we talk about revival, which is that um, renewal, where we have a fresh encounter with God as God's people, and we repent and we experience a fresh infusion of God's life in us, yeah. which leads to vitality, which is living out that life, um, living, living out that abundant life that God gives us, that he's now infused back into us as he's revived us. But then that leads to mission, which is the advancement of the kingdom. And, and one of the things that we're doing with Life Action, and we'll talk about, he talks about it, if we talk about it in the interview, is we have this new joint summit that Life Action and Rooftop will be launching in 2024 called Say Yes. Because our the whole, the whole conviction is to say yes to Jesus is to say yes to mission. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you'll, you'll hear um, Life Action often talk about revival, vitality, and mission, because that's really the heartbeat of everything that they do. And every church does need to experience that to be truly the church God's called it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we, we probably need to know God's calling us to what he wants. Mm -hmm. So he does it first in the individual, then in the yeah. family. Then, 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 in, then in, in the local church and in, in the church body as a whole, God's calling us to what he wants for us, not what he wants from us. Yeah, I love that statement. You know, what, what God wants for us is that we would walk in the fullness of him. Mm -hmm. And the only thing he wants from us is obedience to that, but that's what he wants for us. <laughs> is that we would grow up into that EMB. Uh, we have to realize that advancing the kingdom of God is done by focusing on whom we do it with mm -hmm. and who we do it for. Yeah. We do it with the least of these. That's where we're that's what we're called to. Every tribe, nation, and language on the planet. So it doesn't leave out any subgroups. Jesus said, I, I, I came to seek and to, I love that, seek. We're not real good at seeking in the church today. We're real good at making announcements, inviting people, having, having wonderful events. And I'm not saying the events are wrong, but if the event is because we're out seeking people and we're bringing them to Jesus and this event helps them grow in the Lord, get to know him, then that's of great value. So whom we do it for is all the lost. And, and those believers who've gotten caught up and have, have slidden away from their first love. And who we do it for is Jesus. Amen. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for him, not for me. I'm doing this for him, not my church. But my church, my family, and everybody else reaps the benefit mm. of when I do it for him. Mm. So good. So good. Yeah, that's um Donnie's a Donnie's an amazing, amazing, amazing friend. And man, I love I love to spend time with him and I love to 
hear him share, especially his his life story. It's just a, yeah. so many how God has just moved in his life in so many ways. So we thank all of you for joining us today. Just want to remind you, as we do every week, first of all, if you liked what you saw today and it inspired you, we encourage you to like that on Facebook, like it on YouTube as well. Um, be sure to um, follow us on yes. Facebook as well as Instagram and and, and and X, which is used to be called Twitter. I have to get used to that new name now, X. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, um, the Rooftop TV, please do that as well. And then share this with others. And then and, and one of the most important things you can do now that we're on Spotify and Apple and other platforms is leave a review because that really helps push it out um, so other people become aware yeah. of this podcast. If you want to know more about the rooftop itself and this global ministry that God is using, um, we encourage you to go to um, our website, joiningjesusinhismission.org, and you can learn more about the rooftop as we make disciples. who make disciples in over 60 countries around the globe and how you can be a part of that. And then last but not least, we want to remind you that next March, in 2024, we'll be in Dallas, Texas for our Rooftop North America Discipleship Summit. Um, we've already done two of these summits this year in other countries, but next year we'll be in North America. And if you go to the website and click on the summit tab, you will learn more about that summit. So thank you for joining us today. God bless and um, have an incredible week joining Jesus in his mission.